What is happening gang, it's your boy Dem V with a special episode of Jim Shrink and today I'm joined by a special guest, Mr. Ron Williams. Now I hope you don't mind me doing the introductions. Seven time Mr. Natural Olympia, seven time Mr. Natural Universe, seven time Natural World. You're a master fitness trainer for the army, author of Faith and Fat Loss, a developer of the Iron Chess Master, a personal coach for 30 years and in between all of this, you've managed to become a pastor. Wow. There you go, man. <laughs> Where do you find the time for everything? Well, I guess, you know, to be real honest with you, I guess God has graced me. When you know you're supposed to do something, it's not really work. It's just what I do, man. I mean, if I didn't do it, I would explode. <laughs> what, what, what time do you wake up in the morning? Well, like, uh, normally around 5 o'clock. Okay. That's yeah. fine. I, I wake up at 5.30, but... I, I, it takes you about two hours to get ready, so I'll take you about five o'clock. Your training. <laughs> well, you know what? In the morning, I have a ritual. I have a ritual that that takes about two and a half hours, and um, after that ritual, my day gets started. That's my, you know, I set an appointment. I noticed that if you're ever going to be effective doing anything, you got to be consistent. Mm. So certain things, I set an appointment for my own personal life, man. If I don't take care of me, I can't help take care of anybody else. Wow, wow! Is, is that is that what kept your is that what you kept your I, I take maybe your your passion alive for bodybuilding in the beginning is just just setting goals for yourself in life. Well, in the beginning, man, it, it really wasn't a good story. And 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 if you look at the backstories of most of your great 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 athletes, they were driven by something, either pain or passion. And me, I was driven by pain, man. Those are the ones that really excel because pain overrides willpower. See, willpower is driven by reason, but pain or passion is driven beyond reason. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. That is deep. See, yeah. for me, for me, when I go to the gym, I, I, it's to, to fight off my demons. A lot yeah, of, yeah. a lot of people go to church. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a God fearing man. Um, I believe I believe in the big man himself, but for me to fight off my demons, I do it when I lift metal, and it's this it's the way I, I combat the demons. And everyone I train with, they 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 believe the pain that they get from the gym keeps the beat the demons at bay, if you like. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So, but wow, the, the way you the way you quoted that was incredible, incredible. Is that what made you choose bodybuilding from any, every other sport, or? Well, actually, I played, I played four sports on an international level before I was 20. Bodybuilding was the last sport I competed in. And um, I competed in bodybuilding because my boxing coach, I was in the military, my boxing coach said to me, have you ever considered bodybuilding? Because, see, we were running 13 miles a day. Um, I was on a swim team at the time. And my body had just developed from all of the cardio that I was doing. You could just see the muscle bellies. They've, they've always been, mm. I was born with that. Yeah. But I only weighed 181 pounds in boxing. Um, but with that being said, when he said, have you ever considered uh, bodybuilding? My first thought was, man, I haven't lost a fight. So what are you, what are you trying to say? I'm washed up in boxing? Uh, but what he was saying is he saw something in my physical body. So I went about 200 miles from where I was stationed in Germany, and I competed in the Mr. Mr. Nuremberg, and I won the Mr. Nuremberg, uh, my first competition. And I couldn't pull. It, it was a horrible, horrible uh, uh, view of bodybuilding. Yeah. But I won the show because of my genetics, man, 
And, um, yeah, uh, I did such a bad job. I had to go back one more time to, to make it right. And wow. from that, I was stuck, man. Wow. So, I mean, the problem, the problem is I, I find very annoying is natural bodybuilding does not get the credit it deserves compared to assisted bodybuilding. Uh, I think many people, I, I know assisted bodybuilding, the bigger the guy looks, the more it sells. But people don't realize the amount of effort that natural bodybuilders have to go through compared to assisted, in my opinion. Uh, my dad was a, an assisted bodybuilder in ex-Yugoslavia. Um, he, he, he took uh, steroids, which he happily admits. But he's always said, and he was adamant from day one, if he could have done it naturally and if, he, if people would have, would have told him not to do it, he would have stayed away. Um, but, I mean, you know, you've proven with 21 times winning competitions that it's doable i know you're you're up against other natural athletes but yeah. it's doable but when i first started i didn't know if there was anything called natural i uh, i competed against the other guys and i didn't know they were taking uh muscle enhancing uh drugs and stuff like that i mean even in high school man i played football in high school and they were taking these little blue pills and i thought they were vitamins man i mean i was just ignorant and i got and when i was in germany uh a guy came up to me uh just to show my ignorance and he said to me he says what are you taking i said i'm taking this protein i'm taking this vitamin he said no man be for real what are you taking nobody can look like <laughs> nobody can look like you and not take drugs and i thought drugs why would i ever take drugs and then I realized that all the other guys that I was competing with, they were taking the drugs. And then I was really, really blessed because I hate shots, so I could never give myself a shot. Okay. And I, I remember going into a doctor's office. I had a, a professional bodybuilder. He was the biggest bodybuilder in his day. And uh, he had won the Olympia several times. I'm not going to tell, tell his name because I love this guy. He said to me, so I'm going to give you some advice, Ron. I want you to take drugs. And you could easily win the Mr. Olympia with your genetics. And I said, well, do you take drugs? He said, this is not about me. I'm talking about you. If you take them, you will win the Olympia. And I could see you doing it within five years. And uh, I said, but uh, he was offering me a doctor and everything. So I said, no. And I lost a tremendous amount of respect for the guy at that moment. And then I went to a doctor, man. And uh, I said in his office and I said, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, what, you know, the pros and cons of taking steroids. And he went in his closet and he got this uh, band, this rubber band out, strapped it on my arm, and he pulled a needle out. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. He says, no, you want to get big? He said, I can help you get big. I said, no, wow. no, 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 hold on, hold on. And I ran out of that office. <laughs> man. And uh, But at that moment, all I wanted to do was win because, uh, you know, I grew up without a family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was... I was, I was, I was, uh, born and raised in the ghetto, but my parents dropped me off at a babysitter's house and just never came to get me. So I was abused my whole young life. I mean, beaten, sexually abused, uh, you name it. It happened to me. Didn't have anybody to fend for me, uh, when I got kicked out of the school. I mean, I, I was suicidal, uh, at the age of 13. Yeah. And so, um, I be, the only family I had was sports, man. And I noticed that the world loves a winner. And if I could just win. So my pain drove me to win. It wasn't just a game or sports for me. It was life or death for me. So I had to be the best at whatever I did. And it went the same for bodybuilding. I had to go 
uh, when after a competition, when people would go out and celebrate, have beer and pizza, I went back to the gym and I trained. You know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, you, so a lot of your social life was, I wouldn't like to say wasted, but it was diverted to, to bodybuilding. So instead of going to the parties, smoking, drinking, you, you, were, you were putting the bricks on the foundation for your life every single day because of what you've been through. Wow. That's yeah. tough, man. Not, not many people see what, what people see is when they say when they Google you or when they're on your YouTube channel. Uh, great YouTube channel, by the way. I really like it. Um, um, but when, when they're on your YouTube channel, they see, they see you now. They don't see you 20 years ago, 30 yeah. years ago, crying because life was pushing you. And that's that. See, I'm so glad we're doing this because I'm getting to know the real you. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So was that was one was that one of the main drives for every competition? Did you just look back and think if I don't beat me last year or me six months ago, I've lost? Absolutely. Not only that, but um, that first place I became I won over 250 titles, man, over 250. I became a junkie for winning competitions because that gave me significance. It told me that I was worth something. Uh, it gave me a reason to live, man, uh, to be honest with you. Wow. And it is, is, is that during bodybuilding, is that when you found God or have you always been a believer? No, uh, it's actually, you know, I hated God for a lot of years. I was worse than an atheist. I knew there was a God, but I hated him. Because if there's really a God, why would he give me parents that gave me away? Why would he allow me to be molested and abused as a child? Why would he? He's not on my side. So if he's not on my side, it's me against the world and me against God. But I almost died. And um, I wasn't afraid of death, but I didn't want to be killed. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I wanted to, I wanted an easy death. I just wanted to wake up dead. <laughs> no, I understand. I, I feel that, man. And so, um, I, at, at one point in time, I almost contracted a disease called AIDS. A wow. girl that had AIDS, um, a girl that had AIDS, uh, I almost slept with her. And, um, at that point, I had heard a voice tell me he's going to take my life. And that was the first time I remember praying. I had, you know, been around Christians a lot. And I hated talking to Christians because they always talked about hell and how if you don't serve God, you're going to hell. Well, you know what? I was in hell already. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. So, and so I felt like if uh, God's going to send me, you know, I was destined for hell anyway because God doesn't like me. But when that happened to me and I found out that girl had AIDS, I prayed for the first time. I was 28 years old. I said, God, you know, if you really love me like these Christian people are saying, then don't let me die. Don't let me die like this. And he spoke to me for the first time. And from that day till now, my life has changed, man. Wow. Yeah. And even my motives for bodybuilding changed. I won the 88 Mr. Universe. Uh, and that was the saddest day of my life because I thought if I could win Mr. Universe, I would prove to the whole world and prove to myself that I'm somebody. But when I won the Mr. Universe in 88, I was so empty and it was so uh, unfulfilled that I was suicidal on the same day, man. And that following year, I met God. So in 89, when I won the Mr. Universe, 
I competed for a different reason. It was it was passion. It wasn't pain anymore. It was passion. And uh, I had actually gone on a 40 day fast, a water fast with no food, just water uh, six months prior to that competition. And I had lost a tremendous amount of weight. And uh, I didn't care because I had found something that was real. Yeah. And that was God. And so it just changed my life. So I think I think what I'm hearing now is so when, when you went on stage, you had uh, gospel music instead of oh. your rock. You, you didn't have rock. You didn't you didn't have. Now I understand because I think you on stage, you had something with you. You, it wasn't just you showing off. You had, it, it's, it's very crazy. I mean, people need to see your YouTube channel and see what your shows when you competed. But your, your, your performance went so well with your music because there was a fire burning yeah. inside of you and it connected. Like you, you have musicians, unless they connect with the beat that they're going with on a personal level. Yeah. That song's never going to become a hit. That's and right. now, now I understand. And I, I understood partially why you did it. I mean, you know, you believe in God, and but now it connects the dots. The Swiss cheese has lined up, and all the the holes have connected perfectly. Wow. I mean, so there's there's you'll find. So I'm I'm, I'm 31 years old, um, and I trained with guys who are. 18, 20, 25, and I train with someone else who's currently 42. Um, what advice would you give these guys? I mean, we they go to the gym, but what would you give to newbies and current bodybuilders out there from the experience that you've had in life? Well, what would you give? Well, probably a couple of things. One is... Um Everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's passion is different. And winning for people are different. I remember uh, when I competed in the third Mr. Universe that uh, a guy was, uh, I roomed with him, and he said that uh, winning for him was sixth place. And I thought he was off his rocker, man. I'm like, sixth place? You just, you lost to five different people, man. You, you're not just a loser, but you're a five-time loser. Uh, but he got fifth place and he was so ecstatic, man, uh, you know, about win, uh, about his win. So I think everybody's a little bit different on the, in their passion and what they want to accomplish. So I would say when it comes to uh, bodybuilding, think long term, you know, really think long term, because there's some exercises that you can do now that may give you some results. But in the long run, may hurt your joints and you won't be able to lift at all because a lot of your old time lifters are struggling with chronic pain because they didn't um, take care of themselves in their youth. They just went in there and hammered out the weights. The other thing is um, have a passion behind what you do and, you know, try to develop a good motive, a right motive for what you do, uh, especially in the gym. I mean, working out for me now is a spiritual thing, man, and it, and it really uh, connects me uh, to God or it connects me to a thought process. And it's very methodical. And um, so my advice was would be to make sure they have the right motive and be careful of the exercises they're doing. Some exercises I absolutely will not do because it's detrimental to your long-term health and your joints. Yeah. Wow. So there's obviously there's there's the older generation, older than me, that have got loads of injuries. Have you had any injuries that? You thought I'm going to stop lifting. I'm going to stop 
all of this? Well, when it comes to lifting, man, I mean, uh, those of us older competitors, man, we were like, uh, we were like war horses, man. I mean, we were gladiators. I mean, we went in there and we just, we hammered it out. We didn't have a lot of the selector pin machines and a lot of the, uh, things that they have now. I mean, we would take, uh, sewer tops that weighed 60 pounds and we would use whatever we could get our hands on to, um, to make that muscle grow, but at the cost of, um, destroying the joints because every muscle is attached to two joints and yeah. we have to, we have to consider the, the joint that that muscle is on because if you don't protect the joint, you can work the muscle, build the muscle and destroy that joint and then you can't even work the muscle now. Uh, those are some of the things we did. I mean, the overhead military presses, I mean, we were like crazy with those, man, but that's one of the most dangerous exercises you could do. Um, so I would say be real um, meticulous about the exercises you use. And like you said, a lot of our old timers are struggling with injuries and they say no pain, no gain. <laughs> Some pain is just not good. <laughs> I don't. I don't think people listen to their bodies sometimes. I, I really do. I, I mean, I've seen guys with lower back pains, that, and they they'll just continue and work out with a lower back pain, a chronic black back pain that they've never seen a specialist. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I had I, I did boxing and judo when I was growing up, so I've got back pain from rolling around in the mat and being thrown and throwing people. But I see a chiropractor, I see a physio, and they help me maintain, but a lot of people, whether it be financial or whether it be just personal pride, I think people refuse to treat themselves and look after their body. They they, they don't listen to their body. Um, I think that's the biggest thing for, for, for me anyway. I just think it's incredible how people can just live with pain, physical pain, just for such a long time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I agree 100%, man. So, so bodybuilding previously aside, what, what are you involved in now? So I know you've got the Iron Chess Master, which looks incredible, I have to say. I, I, I'm going to order one. Um, and your life as a pastor. I, I want to know what, 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 what is Ron doing now? What, 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 what are you involved in? Well, one thing is, I, um, at one time I didn't like people. I mean, I hated all people. Um, <laughs> Not any particular race. And, you know, prejudice was the furthest thing from me because everybody that ever really hurt me, they were black. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't Caucasian. They weren't Mexican. They weren't, you know, they were black people that hurt me. So, um, um, what I'm doing now, man, is, um, developing exercise equipment. I pastor a church. I do life coaching and I get out in the community a lot and I work with the youth. And uh, we're we're, we're going to build a youth camp to just show them that there's 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 a different way. Um, there are four things that I really concentrate on. I call them the four F's: faith, first, family, fitness, and finances. Um, so those four things are the major things that we have in our lives. And I may not not know how to fix a car, I may not know how to screw a light bulb in. But faith, family, fitness, and finances are the four things in that particular order that I'm working on. I'm continuing to write books, and uh, uh, I want to do more of what we're doing right now so that uh, I can get my voice out there so people know that there is a better way. There's a different way 
and you don't have to stay stuck, man. A lot of people are just stuck. So you said you want to write a book. You've you've written before, but what are the pla- what are the plans for the future? Writing is it going to be faith based? Is it going to be more just mental, helping people mentally, or is it fitness, or is it a combine a combination of everything? It's a combination. I've got I've got um, three manuscripts that's already done. And uh, I have two more books that I'm that I'm working on. One is a fitness book and one is um, because and one is faith, family and fitness. And what I come to understand is we eat in more than one way. We have more than one appetite. We actually have 12 different appetites. Okay. Um, but um, we eat with our minds and we also eat with our mouths. So what I and, and we eat with our um, whatever you feed your mind is what's going to be produced out of your life. Um, and so whatever I put in my mind, so we're teaching about how to feed your mind and what the mind of a champion is. A mind of a champion um, is a mind that is not logical. It's not a logical mind because all of your, your, your true champions are the one percenters. And they think different. That's why they're champions. Uh, good is not good enough. You know, um, just getting an A is not good enough. You know, there's more out there to be had. And the only, and my thought process is when somebody tells me, even in our business, this can't be done. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how can we do it. Let's let's take out all of the um, the the blocks that says we that say we can't do it. My thought is the only reason it can't be done is it hasn't been done yet, and it hasn't been done by you. Amen. You know, for years, for years, you know, they uh, they um, scientifically proved that you couldn't run under a four minute mile. You could not. It would literally burst your heart. And they proved it scientifically. Scientifically, it couldn't be done. And then a man by the name of Banerjee, he dreamed about it. He dreamed about breaking the four minute mile. And the moment he did it, within six months, 20 other people did it. But it had to be a first. And he was the first. And now there are more people since then that have broken the four minute mile um, plateau than that have actually uh, climbed Mount Everest. Wow. So just thousands of people have done it. But one man had to do it. Well, I think that's what it takes sometimes. It takes for one person to show the I can and it allows others to 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 chase the dream, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that what is that what pushed you to create the Iron Chess Master? No, no. Actually, I was we me and my wife started tra- traveling tremendously. I mean, every weekend we were somewhere, and I started missing workouts, man. And uh, you know, I was I was sitting. You know, I would I would I would get to the the place that we were going. I would have to find a gym, take a half hour to get to the gym, work out half hour to get back. I had meetings I had to go to, so I was missing workouts. So I sat on the side of my bed here in my home, and I said, God, there's got to be a, a better way. Boom, immediately I saw the Iron Chess Master in my mind. And within two weeks, I had a working model in my garage. And uh, then I decided to, you know, to everybody that touched it loved it. So I got a patent for it and started distributing it. We found ourselves in China probably a year later, uh, looking at manufacturers and finally just, you know, just pulled out all the stops, put some money behind it, and here we go. 
It, it looks incredible because when I, when I was watching videos online on how people use it, it doesn't just work a certain part of your chest or your, your, your body, if you like. You're working the entire chest. You're working the center, the middle, the upper, and then you've got your core that's involved. And you can implement so many other parts of your body and incorporate them and train it. I mean, I, I take it you use it religiously because you, you believe in, if you believe in faith as much as you believe in everything else, I, you know, I believe that hundred <laughs> percent. But wow. So is it, is it as successful? If you don't mind me asking, is it, is it going really well? Oh my goodness. It's going so well that, um, the hardest thing for us is to keep inventory, man. I mean, <laughs> China has slowed down with uh, shipping to America. The tariffs are not killing us. It's the inventory, just keeping the inventory in, especially during this pandemic because nobody, you know, a lot of people stopped going to the gyms and having to work out at home, in-home piece of equipment. So it, it came along at the perfect time. It was, one of the most unique things about it is I, um, I compared it to a bird in flight. When a bird flies, all the muscle groups in the body are made in an arc. And the largest muscle group on a bird is his chest, and he flies in this arc, you yeah. know. So, but, but, but the difference with the Iron Chest Master with other exercises is you can do dumbbell presses, but when you do dumbbell presses, you're laying on your back, and the gravity is pushing down. But you have no direct lateral resistance. Mm. And this lateral resistance, even with a cable crossover, you're pulling from behind you forward, but never directly lateral. So in the, the power portion of the movement is like a bench press. When you're pushing the bench press, you can push the maximum amount of weight. Mm -hmm. But then after you push that bench press, you're stuck to that bar. But with the Iron Chest Master, you have the resistance coming from side to side uh, because of the, the resistance bands. We have 120 pounds of resistance that go in, you know, laterally. Mm -hmm. So it makes it really, really, um, really, really effective, really effective. Um, I don't know if, if you knew this, but my son, I got an opportunity to work with him and help him change his thought process, the mindset, and also train him in bodybuilding. He just got his pro card uh, about two months ago. Can, can, can you tell the, the listeners his name so they can follow him on, on, on the Internet? Absolutely. His name is Taiwan Williams. Taiwan Williams. Let me show you a picture of him real quick. I just happen to have this on the wall, but uh, that's him getting his pro card. He got his pro card that day. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Here he is. See, that, that's for, see I love that. I love, I love. <laughs> see, the, the, the biggest thing with me is family. Um, I've, got, I've got a baby daughter, and I was so blessed on the day she was born. I, I, I think I became more religious the day I saw my wife giving birth to my daughter than ever before. I mean, I've always feared God. I've always believed everything has a reason. But that was the first day where I, I stood there and I, I saw my daughter and I thought, I am meant to be right here, right now in life. My path has led me to this point. And, and, and I think if, you, if I look back, everywhere I've been, there's been a reason, whether when it was in Afghanistan, whether when it was when I was in college, when it was just every, in, in a boxing ring, on a judo mat, everywhere in my life, I've always thought I was there for a reason. 
And now I understand that everything that I've done 10, 15 years ago, five years ago has led me to the point where I was at a hospital seeing my daughter and listening to, uh, so I know I, on your Facebook, uh, on your Facebook page, you, you do quite a bit of speaking, very, very positive. Um, the other, the other day was you, you were speaking about how, um, sin is, is normal. People don't understand. They think sin is a bad thing. Um, and, you know, when I heard that, I think, you know, I thought to myself, I sin every single day without knowing that I'm sinning, but I'm not doing it in a bad way. You know, sometimes, for example, I'll eat three quarters of my meal and forget the quarter. I don't like to waste food. In my mind, that's a sin. I'm wasting something that could be passed around. But you don't realize. And I thought when you when you were talking about sinning, I, I was listening to it. And I th- I connected and, and I think people need to go on your Facebook page as well to, to, to listen. I mean, I think your videos are saved on there now, aren't they? All your previous videos, they're, they're still on the page. Yeah, they are. But uh, a lot of the videos are, we have them on a website called ronwilliamsministries.com. Okay. So yes. be, be, is, it, is it free to go on there? Is there a... Absolutely. Yeah, it's free. Fantastic. I, th- I think people need to need to go on because it opened my eyes. And I, I know I'm only 31 and I've got a long life ahead of me. But I think you've opened my eyes with 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 your life. I think it's incredible from what you've been through, from being a kid who didn't know how to wipe his nose to being in the military, to moving on to doing the incredible stuff you've done in bodybuilding and then incorporating faith. I know if, if I could, I would salute you because <laughs> I oh, think it's because in, it's incredible. And I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure you make your son very proud and I'm sure your whole family is very proud of you. It's incredible what you've done. And I think and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say if, if I, if I achieve the court, if I achieve a quarter of what you've done in your life, I think I'll be, I'll be really happy on my deathbed <laughs> when, when the time comes. Oh man, thank you so much. But I think you're pretty amazing yourself. I mean, just, just hearing about the, the spiritual experience you had with your daughter. I mean, there's, there's, like you said, there's really nothing like it. It, it almost makes you feel a little bit of what God may feel mm-hmm. about us. You know, you, if, if God feels anything about me, like I feel like about my daughter, it's pretty amazing, you know. Um, so I don't one thing I don't want to do. And that's one of the most important things to me is I don't want to disappoint God, man. I just don't want to disappoint him. I love God and I fear God. Those two things have to be balanced, because if you fear, 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 your life becomes tormented. But if you love and fear it has a balance. I do what I do because I love him, not because I'm afraid of him. But uh, I never want to get on the wrong side of mm. God. I just don't. Yeah. But I think it's really important to have that balance because I see some people, they just fear, 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 and it makes their lives miserable. I don't fear God uh, in the fact that uh, I'm afraid of going to hell. I just don't want to disappoint him. I really don't. I respect that. I respect that. So what what is what is what is Ron? have planned for the future in five years time in 10 years time 15 20 years time what what do you what are are your plans for your time on this earth well one is we're going to do more ministry man we're going to do more ministry work we're built we're going to build a 
a uh, I was going to say a compound, but a facility for youth mm. to take them out of their environment, put them in a new environment, have mentors for them and show them that there's a different way. Uh, there's a better way than what the way I was raised and really try to make a difference in the youth while they're young and pliable, you know, because those youth, they're our tomorrow, man, because what we're dealing with today uh, with all of the things that are going on in the U.S., man, it's, it, it really is a mess. And if we don't do something individually about it, then it's our silence that's killing us. Then we're actually a part of the problem. If we don't, if we have answers and don't express those answers, we're a part of the problem. I mean, I mean, I, I guess there's a lot of people in the United States at the moment who have got negativity all around them. One being COVID, two being the the um president trump being impeached um and there's financial losses people losing businesses losing uh, loved ones what 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 are, what are your words to them um what, what, what can you give them anything to to move forward well one thing um i was asked this question i've been called from all over the country I have lots and lots of people that uh, that i would consider to be friends and a lot of those people are white people. And they've called me and said, Ron, am I white privileged? Do you feel like I'm white privileged because I've never struggled or, or you know, I've never struggled with things that black people struggle with? I said, absolutely. You're not white privileged. Don't let anybody tell you that. And I have a problem, personal problem with um, with Black Lives Matter, that 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 whole push. The reason why is because uh, and and. The people that push it, they get upset when you say all lives matter. I believe black lives matter, but there are more black lives lost with abortions, more black lives lost with black on black crime than it is with a police, a bad policeman that kills a black person. I have a real problem with that. So I think what we need to do as black people is educate ourselves, not allow people to tell us what to think. But learn how to think. Police stop. I've been stopped in the last 10 years. I mean, I'm, I'm ashamed of this. At least 50 times I've been stopped by wow. police. You know how many tickets I've got? Go on. Zero. <sighs> Zero. And the reason why, I, I thank God for it, but the reason why, I wasn't taught when a police comes, he's going to shoot you, put your hands on the steering wheel so he can see your hands, and that these police are bad. I was never taught that. I was taught to respect, to honor, and to love. And if somebody's prejudiced, when they leave the room, even though they are prejudiced, they won't be prejudiced against me. They're going to love me because of what I bring to the table. They can't help but to love Ron because I am so lovable. I am a blessing going somewhere to happen. Now, if I think that way, it makes it hard for me to spot prejudice. It makes me hard to single people out. So the police stopped me. I say, oh, are you kidding me? What was How fast is that going, man? I am so sorry. And they say, listen. And they, and they start laughing. They say, listen, you were speeding. I'm going to give you a warning this time. But next time, if I catch you speeding like that, you were going 10 miles over the speed limit. Oh, man, I am so sorry. They give me a warning. But if I say, what do you want, man? I was just going to, why don't you go get a real criminal? I was just. They are taught. 
to be authoritative because they are the authority. And if you're aggressive, they're aggressive. You get more aggressive, they get more aggressive. Somebody may not go home that night. Because they, and, and what we do is we dehumanize people. We dehumanize. Police are not, I mean, people. They're, they're blue. But they don't have, we don't think they have families. We don't think they have loved ones. We don't think they're afraid. They're police. They don't, they, and we dehumanize them and we call them blue instead of people. And so I did a skit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this really, really quick. I did a skit where I had this guy dress up, uh, he didn't have a uniform on, but I, I put a cover over his head, put a cover over his, uh, put some gloves on his hands, and I talked about him. I said, this guy just lost his mother to cancer. This guy, um, you know, his, his, his wife just went through a breakdown, and she's on medication. His daughter is in the hospital. I said, how do you guys feel about what he's going through? They said, oh, that is so horrible. Uh, I'm glad I'm not in his shoes. I really feel for him. Uh, some people in the audience, they begin to tear up. I took the mask off. He was a white guy, took his gloves off, and I said, this is a police officer. He's real, too. He has real feelings, real emotions, and he has a family, just like you. Mm. And, they, and, and, and that, that aha moment came like, we all have a lot in common, but we dehumanize one another. That's the easiest way to abuse a race or a culture or a different group of people, is to dehumanize them. Wow. That's, That's what Hitler did. Yeah. 100% I agree with you. I think I think people are very easily they they see a lot of stuff on social media and I think social media or the media itself uh some news channels they like to portray either policemen or uh, an ethnic background in a very bad light. I think if you take away the media, take away social media, would you or would these people still think the same? Would you think that every Muslim is a terrorist? Would you think that every black person has committed a crime? Yeah. Would you, you know, would you think that every white person is part of the KKK? Mm -hmm. Just because he has, just just because he has a flag of the United States of America outside of his front door, it's 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 really interesting. No, thank you. I, I'm I'm glad you said that, and I, I'm glad to see what your opinions are. Um, I myself, we, we had the uh, Black Lives Matter movement in the UK. It wasn't as big as in the United States. And my, my wife is a, she, she, she supports it. And that's for her. She, 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 she has a, the majority of her friends are black. Um, so she, she was a, she was very supportive in it initially. And, but the movement has died down quite a bit in the United Kingdom. But I believe in, in the United States, it's still very, very, still very big, uh, because when, a black person dies in the ha of, from the hands of a white cop. It makes the news, but I don't know if the news sees it when a, a black person kills a black person or a Mexican kills a Mexican or a white person kills a white person. So, but I know I know you're a busy guy. I know I know I caught you sweating earlier on, but I, I'd like to thank you for taking the time of your day just to just to, just to talk to us about yourself. I really appreciate it. Um, this obviously is going to go up on Spotify. It's going to go on Apple Podcasts and uh, the YouTube channel. And I, I look forward to speaking to you again, Ron. Thank you so much. God bless you. Appreciate you, buddy. God bless you too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, guys. Mr. Ron Williams. What a phenomenal human being. That was intense. That was incredible. I think it, 
each and every one of us can take a page out of his his book, his life, and it will it will improve our lifestyles. Whether you take the religious side of things, whether you take the bodybuilding mentality and push it into your everyday life, phenomenal. I'm just so... It's incredible from when someone like him who, who, who tells us how, how hard he's been pushed from day one and he's never sat down and thought, I'm beat, that's me, it's over, game over. He's just... He's never let the word game over become part of his vocabulary. Phenomenal, phenomenal human being and such a great chat. Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to speaking again and look forward to you guys listening in. If you have any questions, any queries, please throw me a message on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. And I will try my hardest to get back to you. And until the next episode, I hope you all stay safe, stay strong mentally and physically, and continue working hard in the gym. I have been your host, Den V. This has been the Gym String Podcast. Bye for now.